gentlemen. Now, it's too late with Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined as always by the number one producer in late night. It's Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I'm all right. You are. Uh, Right before we got started, I checked on my phone. I had a bunch of notifications. And what it was, it was our friend Mike of Mike and Friends, who's uh -huh. actually helping us with some of the designs for our soon-to-be-released merch right. store. Um, we're we're going to have all sorts of cool merchandise for this show, for a bunch of other cool, funny designs that we have. That's yeah. going to be coming in the near future. So anyway, he picked this particular moment to send me a bunch of the designs and <laughs> saying, you know, I don't really have a strong opinion on these. What do you think about this, this, this? And I, and I texted him back, like the freaking music's playing. I texted him back and I go, well, I'll, I'll look at it after we're done with the show. And he goes, what show? <laughs> it, there's still people. The thing is, is that, I mean, so, so he can, he can visit euthanasia.com, of course, <laughs> but there actually is real people in the world who send me messages like on Facebook and Twitter and stuff like all every single week and say, Hey, do you guys still do that show? Right. <laughs> you still doing your podcast, man? Like, the show that's on the same night, the same time every week. And like the thing is the saddest yeah. thing though, is that, that Mike of Mike and friends talks to you every day. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and yeah. And it's, it, as you said, it's every day, every single Wednesday night at nine o'clock Eastern time <laughs> is the show. And did you, did you know, how about this? Did you know that next, our, our episode next week, we're going to have another one of our roundtable discussion episodes where we have a whole bunch of guests up on the screen, like Hollywood squares, and what? we're going to talk about stuff and things. I'm, I'm, I'm down to talk about stuff. Yeah. And things. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not going to say anything else because it, it'll, it'll build the excitement. Yeah. Um, however, I will say this. Did you know that that episode marks our four year anniversary? Really? Four, I did not know that. The episode one of the gold standard came out on September 1st, 2017. Wow. Well, that's great. Yeah. So, so we're going to be, we're going to be ringing in four years of the show with talking about how the pandemic has ruined our lives. <laughs> that sounds like a great time. <laughs> what What's funny about that joke is that is actually what we're going to do. Right. <laughs> Isn't that what we do every week? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of people that have no idea what they're doing, check out this article from CNBC. Oh, not OnlyFans. Oh, Porn no. made OnlyFans a powerhouse. Now it's banning sexual content after pressure from the banks. Hmm. Now, that's so interesting. We're, we're going to dive into this just a little bit here in the monologue. But you might remember that something very similar to this was in the news just some months back. You might remember the case of Parler. Yeah. Where Parler, which was sort of a Twitter alternative, but a Twitter alternative for... Maggots. Yeah, for the maggots. They were <laughs> they were having their, their MAGA kumbaya over there. Um, <laughs> but we're not... But, you know, as much as we love to make fun of them, and, and we yeah. do, we're not yes. against them having their own little platform to talk about how much they hate black people. Um <laughs> And so, so they have Parler, and and it was taken off. Like its numbers were going up, and it was getting more and more users. Mm -hmm. And so, you 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 kind of have this attitude of, well, if you can't beat them, what Sherry? Join them? No, God ban damn it. them, ban them. Yes, 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's like we don't rehearse time. anything when we do this. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, we had an episode of our show that was called If You Can't Beat Them, Ban Them. And it yeah. talked about how the, the establishment types, big tech, uh, government, governmentalities, they would, they would, you'd get together with ISPs, you get together with the, with the banks, you get together with credit card processing services. Uh, you think of Alex Jones and all the platforms he's been banned from, and then you think of people like PayPal. Think of people like PayPal that companies might be using for their transactions, for receiving donations, for their content. And those companies saying, you know, we don't, we don't really like the content you're putting out, so we're just going to ban you from our service. Right. And we had said back then that not only are we against this in principle, but also you really ought to be against it no matter who it's about, because we're going to see this again. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, here we are. So I'm, I'm going to scroll down a little bit. Um, the, CEO, the CEO of uh, OnlyFans was the one who had made the announcement where he said, quote, we'll be sharing more details in the coming days and we'll actively support and guide our creators through this change in content guidelines in order to ensure the long-term sustainability of the platform and to continue to host an inclusive community of creators and fans, we must evolve our content guidelines. By the way, like that's not only is that corporate talk, but it's mm -hmm. bad corporate talk right. because everyone knows that them getting rid of what has been, I mean, what, like 99% of their cash cow? Yes. Getting rid of that is not for sustainability. Right. So that was the quote from uh, Tim Stokely of CEO of OnlyFans. Do we have a picture of Tim Stokely? Yeah, there he is right there. <laughs> um, so anyway, let's, instead of talking about just the people who are in charge, let's talk about a little bit about the people who are affected. So take a look right here from the New York Post. This is OnlyFans creators feel screwed. Yeah, I bet they do. <laughs> OnlyFans creators feel screwed over by sexually explicit Why? content banned. Now, for people who are watching the show instead of listening, and really you're the true libertarians, the people listening are just <laughs> statists. <laughs> You're seeing a lovely lady on your screen named Courtney Tilia, and she says, quote, I'm beyond disappointed in OnlyFans' decision. Angry and betrayed would be a more accurate description, said Courtney Tilia, a women's life coach. Oh, She's Lord. a women's life coach. Good Lord. And you know, she said, like, like I feel like angry and betrayed. <laughs> a women's life coach who makes between $20,000 and $100,000 monthly on OnlyFans from her $17,000 subscribers Good Lord. all right so let's so women's life coach all right this this is it i'm gonna be she's inspired if you can make that kind of money being a women's <laughs> life coach i'm gonna be a women's life coach are you ready sherry yes so this is for all the ladies who watch the show which is <laughs> Me. which is you yeah and celeste. and celeste so this is what you do okay step one be attractive <laughs> okay all right step two don't be unattractive all right Step three, take your clothes off. <laughs> Looks like I'm going to be poor forever. <laughs> but yeah, and, and, I, and I really can't stress enough before you get carried away. Number one was a really important step before right. number three. <laughs> right. You know, it reminds me of Louis C.K.'s got this bit where oh, he talks boy. about. He talks about just just generally being perverted, which come to find out the boy wasn't that true. Uh <laughs> And just loving women and all that stuff. But, right. but you know, as you get older, you get out of those teens and early 20 years, you know, that, that just raging sex dive drive starts to, starts to 
lower down a little bit yeah. and you start to realize you know when i had those fantasies as a young man of boy i wish i, I wish we lived in the ferengi world from star trek where all women <laughs> couldn't wear clothes and all you start to realize you actually don't wish that yeah you go yeah. down to walmart and you look at all the women that you're <laughs> so happy are wearing clothes <laughs> So they yeah. weren't making a hundred thousand dollars a month on OnlyFans, but some people were. Some people were. But here's the thing that I really want to drive at is there's going to be a theme of tonight's show of really kind of being disappointed with a lot of the alleged members of the Liberty community. Over no. Hate no. to say it's true, Sherry. No. Wow. Um. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and and we're going to get into that a little bit more later in the show, but as it pertains to this particular topic. There was a lot of your left libertarian types that were up in arms by this decision. How could they? How could sex work is work, Sherry? How could they ban this content from OnlyFans? Now, I want to say a couple things about that. First of all, were these same people that upset over Parlor? Oh, were they were I'm, they that upset over Alex Jones? I'd hazard to guess no. I'd hazard to guess no. <laughs> And, and not only not only that, but in the same way that they didn't stand by principle for other people that they perhaps didn't like, let's look at the other side of the coin. They're standing on they they've managed to find their principle on this particular issue. And mm -hmm. but who are they signaling to? They're really signaling more to the left progressive side of the political spectrum, right? Yeah. The pussy hatters. Will those people be standing on principle with our dear left libertarians come the next round? Uh, I'd hazard to guess no. <laughs> hazard to guess. No, sir, I don't think they will. No, sir, no, sir, I don't think they will. Nope. And and really and really beyond that, it 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 also reminded me of I remember back in the Occupy Wall Street days, mm. how a lot of the people down at the whole Occupy Wall Street thing, they were angry. And they had a right to be angry because there's a lot yes. of a lot of cronyism and BS and the bailouts mm -hmm. and 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 the grift between Washington and Wall Street. They have a right to be angry, but right. you need to be angry at the right people for the right reasons. Correct. And way more often than not, those same people would be angry, but then they would turn around and want to vote for politicians to just right. add more government to the equation. Like and Bernie. often <laughs> and oftentimes vote for politicians that they themselves were a part of the whole scheme from the get-go yeah. and yeah. so it's so important to be mad at the right people for the right reasons and so and so while our our version of tim stokely needs to lose about 400 pounds <laughs> you should be less angry at him and more angry at the establishment who brings its pressure to bear on yes. him yeah but our final point is is that really at the end of the day if the big issue is figuring out a way to enter the marketplace to deal outside of the state's purview and have a medium of exchange to do it if only Hmm. If only there was some way that OnlyFans could pull that off. Right. I, I just, I don't know how they could do that, but it would Me be neither. nice if there was, wouldn't it? Guys, we've got a great show for you tonight. We're going to be back with the meme of the week and the viewer mail right after this break. Don't go away.
That uh, that last segment made me think of something. Yeah. Imagine all the young ladies out there bawling their eyes out tonight over the OnlyFans news, and all their mothers saying, "Honey, what's the matter?" And them saying back, "I can't suck dick, mom." <laughs> oh God! Can't dick on. Did you did you know that I can't suck dick mom is now like our fourth most watched video on our channel? Really? Yes. I mean, it's like OnlyFans. It sells. Sex yeah. sells, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, Sherry. Yes? What time is it? Meme of the week. It's like the Ronaberg rallies. <laughs> wow. Wow. I mean, but where's the lie, though? No, no lies detected here. You know, I shared that with our friend Tom Woods, and he didn't like it. <laughs> he didn't? I, I'm going to get him a freaking Hawaiian shirt with the Rona on it. <laughs> since that's sort the of like his... shorts to match. In the shorts to match is exactly right. We do have a bonus me we meme this week. Blah, blah, blah. Check out the bonus meme. <laughs> the Taliban... <laughs> And the Black Hawk helicopters left by the U.S. <laughs> it's your lucky day, Bastion. <laughs> did you did you like Never Ending Story? I did. I loved you it. Did? I, I still will watch Never Ending Story. One or two? Oh, 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 one. No, no, two just should have never happened. Never, never. You know what the problem with Never Ending Story 2 is? Is that, that they, well, no. I, I, you know what? I would make the argument that in a lot of ways... Because it's because it's newer, it came out more recently. In a lot of ways, it it aesthetically was better than one. It was worse than one as a movie because mm -hmm. they made that shit-eating little kid Sebastian the character of the story, as opposed to uh, our our good Indian fellow Atreyu. Atreyu, yeah. Yeah. What was the name yeah. of his horse? Art Artax. Art. Yeah. Artax. Oh my God. I've watched it. Man, like, this we're is, really this is digging kids... deep right here. I know. This <laughs> is where having kids comes in handy, though, because I can still, like, watch this stuff and just say, I was spending quality time with my daughter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or my son. Uh, speaking of spending quality time with people, let's answer the viewer mail. Yeah. We got to have listeners. Yeah, the best. That's just the best. You know, I used to tell Blake all the time, you got to fix the music on that to make it less intense. And now, mm -hmm. now he's gone, and now I tell new Blake, you got to fix the music on that and make it less <laughs> intense. And yet, here we are. Here we are. Uh, so anyway, our first question tonight comes from Andrew Avery, who writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, is camo better when you can't find it at the store? So, kind of sounds like a bad business model to me. Uh, yeah. You gotta be able to buy it. Yeah, it it only it only needs to be so bad that you can find it. Right. Yeah. Just bad enough. He he has a follow up by the way. Is an Applejack just a tiny stale sticker doodle donut? <laughs> I have a confession to make. I've never had Applejacks. You haven't? Oh. No. They were pretty tasty, if I remember correctly. I mean, is he telling the truth? Are they just a tiny, stale? They're a little. They, they seem a little stale-ish, usually. Yeah. 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 Where are you getting your groceries from? <laughs> like not you, Andrew. <laughs> right? 
Andrew lives in Maine, though, yeah. so it's like when the when the dogs come round the pass with the guy on the sled and he right, hands you right. the Apple Jacks. Yeah, they have to pick the Apple Jacks really green to get them to market right. Yeah. Uh, Lyle Durio writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, what's the shadiest thing you've ever purchased from a gas station? <laughs> <laughs> I I want Sherry. I want to be clear before you give your answer. Lyle said from the gas station, not at the gas station. <laughs> All right. Okay. With that caveat in mind, uh, what's the shadiest thing you've ever purchased from a gas station? Um, probably a sausage. You know, those open air sausages. Yeah, that was free. <laughs> not an OnlyFans sausage. <laughs> open air sausage. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so like, but not a hot dog, a sausage. No, a sausage. Yeah. On the um, little rollers, you know? I wouldn't go to that gas station if I were Yeah. You. We were together at it, so. I would, I tell you what, the shadiest <laughs> thing I've probably ever purchased from a gas station is the random generic, you've never seen or heard of the packaging before condoms. Because <laughs> I mean, let's face it, <laughs> you're taking- you're taking you're taking your life into your hands, but more more accurately, you're taking that infant's life into its hands. Yes, into her hands. And Zers, perhaps. Oh. Well, I mean, according to the left, it, its hands. Them's. Yeah. Them's its hand. hands. No, its hands, because it's not going to become in anything. It's just. <laughs> right. Yeah. If the condom had worked, it, we wouldn't have had to make this decision. True. Boy, this is <laughs> dark. This is yeah. This is I don't know what happened. All nice. to the show. Um, Eric Eli writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, autumn or fall? So there's two types of people in the world. There's people who call the season after summer fall, mm -hmm. and there's faggots. <laughs> that, that, that was one of the bad words. <laughs> <laughs> was it, though? It was. <laughs> I, okay. Okay. I literally, like, I, I know what the word autumn means. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. Right. But I probably went all the way until I was, like, in my late teens, early 20s, before I was talking to a human being who said, oh, I can't wait until the autumn. Yeah, it's it's uppity. You know, it's all and, bougie. And everyone there said, who is this faggot? <laughs> so there I you bet go. you were at Maryville College when you heard that. I was at Maryville College when I heard that. <laughs> But in Maryville College's defense, there was people there who called fall autumn, but there was also people there that beat them people with sacks with soap in it. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> it's right around this moment, by the way. I've been doing the show for four, almost four years now. Mm -hmm. And it's right around this moment that if you look over there in the live chat, you'll see someone like Lyle or somebody that'll say, what am I watching? Right. <laughs> you knew what this was. You've had fair uh, warning. Ryan Seifert writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, since the technical definition of a vegetable is the edible part of a plant, doesn't this mean that all fruits are vegetables? Hmm. Ryan, that's disgusting. You don't eat vegetables. You unplug the vegetables <laughs> and let God take it from there. <laughs> if you want more information, you could just visit euthanasia.com. Yeah, yeah, there you go.
happy. I really feel for the people who listen to the podcast and don't watch the show. Like, do you do you ever wonder where where they're at right now? Yeah, they're in, like, what? How, are we in a commercial break or something? Where's the music? What's that? Yeah. about? Yeah. If that was a commercial break, it's making us about as much money as all the rest of them. <laughs> uh, Thomas Lightheart writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, do the Spice Girls have a pumpkin spice?" <laughs> so, <laughs> I tell you what. I, I, I know for a fact that they don't have a pumpkin spice, and I can tell you exactly why pumpkin spice didn't make the team. It's the same reason that pumpkin spice wouldn't make as much money on OnlyFans. She didn't follow step one, which is be attractive. <laughs> and step two, don't be unattractive. Maybe she's pumpkin spice. Pumpkin? Pumpkin spice. Who Let's... was it? Yeah, it was uh, D Dave, Dave of Liberty Late Night. I recently discovered this about him. Mm -hmm. He told me that one of his pet peeves is he hates people who don't pronounce the T in mountain. Mountain. Oh, oh, oh he would hate it down here. <laughs> he would hate it down here. I, I can't wait for Dave and Mary to come to the next live show. <laughs> Everyone in the room is going to be talking about the Appalachian Mountains. Mountains, yeah. I'm going to talk about them mountains all night. Mountains. Can I Ma see your mountains? mountains uh anyway adam sakosa what happened and now now i'm wild and i'm saying what the hell happened here uh adam sakosa writes dear alan and sherry would you rather take a long trip by car train plane or psychedelic now i'm going to cut that last one out because no one here uses illicit drugs we would never do that so a long trip by car train or plane which one would you rather do um, since you cut out other options, I'm going to say, uh, train, mm -hmm. like I like to drive, but I don't, I like to ride. I don't like to drive. That's the difference. Mm -hmm. So I, I prefer that someone else is in control so that I can do what I want on the long trips. So a train is a nice way if I travel by myself, but I've never actually been on a long trip on a train. So maybe not. I would probably also pick train. I feel like people who ride trains a lot might be thinking all oh, these these sweet summer children right. don't want to ride that train. <laughs> but, but in my mind, I'm thinking of like this cool transit, you know, like transcontinental train ride, yeah. seeing the great West and, and having your cool little mule cart and your cool little private. And then there will be a murder. Right. Like something, yeah, it was like the Orient, you know. Yeah. Like and then we'll solve the murder before the next stop. Yeah. With people who say autumn on it, like it's fancy. Oh, they ain't making it to the next stop. <laughs> That's the murder victim. Uh, Logan Denny writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, would you eat a hot pepper if I gave you one? Logan, we already did the hot chip challenge, the one no. chip challenge. We already did that. Mm. Well, we 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 and old Blake did that. New Blake yeah. didn't do it. What? And, and you notice old Blake is now gone. Yeah, old Blake is no longer with us. No longer can, with us. You can, you can interpret that as you will. Yes. Um, so the answer is in short, no. No. But in long, no. New, New Blake doesn't do that. Uh, Suzanne Sherman writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, I just asked my son if a hot dog is a sandwich. He said yes. This is how we win. <laughs> this is how <laughs> we win. <laughs> this, is the, this is how we win. Uh, she also asked, Why do, what do you say to people who want to go to war with China over Taiwan? Um, I'll tell you what you say to him. You say, you say they should go to euthanasia.com to get the information they need to make the right choice for them. Yeah, exactly. 
Jesus Christ. Who's, we got to get old Blake Black back on this program. <laughs> like, stat. Because he would have... Thank you. Yes. Jesus Christ, man. <sighs> you know what? You're... I, I get paid to be better than this. <laughs> Somebody does. Somebody should. <laughs> Somebody should get paid better. All right, guys. We're going to be back to talk about more Rona news and mandated vaccines right after this break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. Guys, welcome back to the show. You might have seen in the news that the FDA has gone and given their entire full approval to the Rona jab. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, well, does that really matter, right? Like, does that really matter if they have the whole emergency authorization thing in place and they're and they're just doling out these jabs by the millions all over mm -hmm. the country? Then, then doesn't really matter if it gets officially approved, right? Well, that's think. an interesting question, and, and, there's, and there's one good explanation for why that might be. Take a look at this first article. Biden asks businesses to mandate vaccine after Pfizer shot gets FDA approval. Mm. President Joe Biden's called on businesses to, quote, do what I did last month and require employees to get vaccinated or face strict requirements. This is, this is from Biden. If you're a business leader, a nonprofit leader, a state or local leader who has been waiting for full FDA approval to require vaccines, I call on you now to do it. Require it. There is no time to waste. So we see then, don't we? Like that sort of answers our question for us. Mm -hmm. The reason why they even bothered to go through the, go through the motions was because obviously they feel like there's not going to be a legal land for people, a legal leg for people to stand on in court who sue because their employer is saying you have to get the jab or you're fired. Right. They're, they're all going to line up behind the shield of FDA approval. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, there's an, there's an F word to describe when the, when the government gets with the businesses to mandate things on mm. the population might have something to do with that meme of the week from earlier, <laughs> but, but that being neither here nor there, you know, that it brings up a really tough, part of the equation because I know a lot. This is actually what we're going to be talking about next week. So mm -hmm. I, I, for, I forgot to mention that. So next week for the, for the four year anniversary of the show, we're going to be having another one of our little Hollywood squares roundtable conversations with a whole group of folks here next week. Mm -hmm. And the topic is going to be living your life in the age of COVID. Mm. And, and this actually serves as a really good preview for that because I know that we all have stories of, how we've gone about living our lives, how it's how it's really affected us, and I don't and I don't mean in a medical way. I mean mm -hmm. in a day to day coming and going, and it, it, whether it's your job, your school, your church, your home, where where you eat, where you where you do your recreation, it's right. it's it's affected everybody. And I've always tried to be someone who doesn't judge people too harshly for for doing what they have to do. 
Mm -hmm. right? Like doing what you have to do to get by because you got to work, you got to eat. Right. But I've also minced no words in reminding people I've never once worn a mask during this whole thing. They're not going to, they don't work, but that being, it doesn't, it, it doesn't even matter. I'm not going to be told by them what to do. And I never once did. And it was hard. It's been hard. There's been times in my life over the last, how long, what are we talking about? Like 18 months now? Is where yeah, we're it's at? been a while. It's been, it's been a minute. There's been lots of times where my life was degraded because of what was going on in the world. And maybe I could have reclaimed some of those things I was missing if I just went along. But that's not, for me, that wasn't living either. I, for me, that would have, that would have not made it any better for me. Mm-hmm. So anyway, they're, they're wanting to mandate vaccines, but let's just, let's just, let's not even talk about the authoritarian nature of it for a moment. Let's talk about the actual jabs themselves. So take a look at this article right here. Our, our foreskin friends over in the Middle East. <laughs> Ultra-vaxxed Israel's crisis is a dire warning to America. What is the crisis? In June, there were several days with zero new COVID infections in Israel. By the way, cases don't matter. But, mm-hmm. but we're going to speak their language for, for the moment. In June, there were several days with zero new COVID cases in Israel. The country launched its national vaccination campaign in December of last year. Currently has one of the highest vaccination rates in the world. 80% of citizens above the age of 12 are fully inoculated. Wow. COVID, most Israelis thought, had been defeated. All restrictions were lifted and Israelis went back to crowded partying and praying in mask-free venues. But fast forward to only two months later, August. Israel now reports, reported just this past Tuesday, 9,831 new diagnosed cases, just a wow. hairbreadth away from the worst daily figure they ever recorded in the country, 10,000 at the peak of the third wave. Now how, about, now, how about that? This is, a, this is a country where four out of five people over the age of 12 are vaccinated, and they, and they were, had days where they were reporting zero new cases just a couple months ago, mm-hmm. and now they're nearing their all-time high. But... A logical person might say, now this calls for some serious investigation. We have to be asking ourselves serious questions about, did, did the lockdowns and the social distancing, the mask, you look at the data, you look at all those charts that friends, our friends like Tom Woods provide, and you see all the hills and troughs being exactly the same, no matter where you look, no matter where their, their particular mandates and lockdowns were and how, mm-hmm. how strictly they were enforced. None of it really made any difference at all. But now you're seeing that in a country like Israel, where so many people are vaccinated, the jab hasn't really made that much of a difference at all either. Correct. Yikes. Yikes. More than 350 people have died of the disease in the first three weeks of August. In a Sunday press conference, the directors of seven public hospitals announced that they could no longer admit coronavirus patients. Uh, 670 COVID-19 patients requiring critical care. Their wards are overflowing and staffs here are at a breaking point. So they're wanting to mandate these vaccines, which is bad enough on an authoritarian level. Mm-hmm. But, but there's also data that suggests that even if you wanted the vaccine, it, it might not really perform as advertised. Right. In fact, not only would it not perform on a positive level the way you want, 
might actually perform at a negative level. Take a look at this right here. This is from openvares.com. Now this, guys, this is from VAERS. This is from the Vaccine Adverse Events Reporting System. This is the government's own reporting system of adverse reactions as a result of the COVID vaccine. Mm-hmm. 595,620 reports through August 13th, 2021. 13,000 deaths, 54,000 hospitalizations, over 72,000 in urgent care, over 98,000 office visits, 4,600 managed to get Bell's palsy off of it. Wow. Scroll down there. Look at that. Over 1,600 miscarriages. Over over 5,800 heart attacks, 4,800 myocarditis. Over 17,000 are permanently disabled now. Over 13,000 were life-threatening situation. Over 25,000 severe allergic reactions. Over 7,000 wound up with shingles. Now, by the way, I know that there's a disclaimer there, and some people will say, like, look, this is is sort of like a voluntary reporting system. We don't know with all of those cases if it was because of the jab or if it was Mm -hmm. exclusively because of the jab or if there were other factors. But we also know that this is heavily underreported. Right. This is heavily underreported. Which brings us to another point I, I want to make on that, which is you look at you look at that site and you look at a lot of the people suffering some of the severe reactions. A lot of those people are under the age of 20. Yeah. You have people 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds having shortness of breath, chest pains, being rushed to the hospital yeah. for potential cardiac situations. Right. The myocarditis, yeah. And... And it makes you wonder, you, you look at the data and you look at who, who is most at risk from a respiratory illness such as COVID-19. And I'll tell you who's not really at risk. Young, healthy people. Mm-hmm. Now, keep in mind, you're not really even particularly at risk if you're healthy in practically any age. If you're, if you're under 70 and even remotely heavy, healthy, you're practically at no risk. Mm-hmm. But if you're, if you're a teenager... And you're a yeah. healthy person. I mean, what? Well, well, it's like point zero 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 one. Yeah. Statistically I mean, zero. Yeah. yeah. Statistically zero. Um, if you want to put that those numbers into perspective as well, because some people will say, well, yeah, but that's a lot of people, right? Like that's that many reports and cases out of these millions and millions of people. Instead of looking at it in terms of the number of people who did or did not have an adverse reaction, mm-hmm. compare it to other vaccines. All other vaccines combined only have 200 reports. Wow, that's insane. All wow. other ones combined only have two, as opposed to 595,620. Wow. This, this medical treatment, and I really want people to call it a medical treatment because it's not a mm. vaccine. Right. It, it doesn't not. fit the scientific definition of a vaccine. It's not a vaccine. Mm-hmm. So call it what it, it's a medical, well, very loosely, we'll call it a medical treatment. Right. This medical treatment that just got full approval from the FDA, it's dangerous. Yep. It's dangerous. And again, if you're comparing it to other vaccines, because they consider it a vaccine, you compare it to other vaccines, it's, it's, I mean, by how many factors of that, by what, by, by a factor of a couple of thousand more dangerous than other true vaccines. Mm-hmm. And it's really important, guys, to, to hold on to words and language and not, and not let people dance around terminology. Yes. And, and this, it's so important 
I mean, look, guys, there's only two genders. No, 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 we're not going to go there. there. It's really important to argue with the right words, because if you're going to let them say that this is a vaccine, then they're going to throw into your face that, well, look, vaccine mandates should be totally legal because look at these other vaccines that you have to have. Look at, look at smallpox, look at polio. We've, we've eradicated those diseases and it was thanks to the vaccines and we make people take them if they want to do X, Y, and Z. And so why are you, why are you getting your panties in a wad over the COVID vaccine? Well, because first of all, those those vaccines, which actually are vaccines and have been successful, they haven't caused 595,620 reports right. on, the, on the VAERS data. That's, that's number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, I don't have a whole lot of friends and family that took those vaccines that wound up getting smallpox and polio. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> but you go back and you look at that data from Israel, we know a hell of a lot of people that have taken that COVID vaccine and wound up with COVID, don't we? Yeah. Don't let these people take control of the narrative because they'll throw that stuff in your face. And it is not apples. It's not apples to apples. It's apples no. to oranges. Not at all. And, and finally, the last thing I want to show you guys, you want to talk about medical disinformation. Check out this from Twitter from the CDC to this very, this was taken this very day, guys, this very day. CDC says experts say masks are experts. The experts. Right. The experts say, sports. yeah, ex- how compelling up against the wall. <laughs> the experts say masks are safe and effective in preventing the spread of COVID-19. What you need to know. They've updated their guidance. Health agencies recommend that everyone in K-12 schools wear masks. They want to put masks on your children. We talked about that mm-hmm. the other day. If only you can allow that to happen. Mm-hmm. Only you can allow that to happen. They recommend fully vaccinated people in areas of substantial or high transmission wear masks while indoors. They recommend that for fully vaccinated people. Mm-hmm. They can't. Pu- it's isn't it interesting, by the way. Before yeah. I read those last couple of points, isn't it so interesting how, out of one side of their mouth, they can say the vax is safe and effective, and they demand you take it, and out of the other side of the mouth, they sort of, they sort of betray their own words by right. by implicitly admitting, you know what, they don't. You better better mask up anyway. Why yeah, wear a mask who, if the vaccine works? Yeah, the people who keep saying trust the science don't actually want you to trust the science when you see the science that doesn't yeah. align with them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and those last one, the face masks do not cause hypoxia or bacterial pneumonia, according to fact checkers. Cloth filter and N95 masks reduce transmission of COVID-19 with one when worn correctly. Now, that's the other thing, too, going back to our uh, old charts and graphs from our friends like Tom Woods. I, I know what Tom is trying to do, and he does a fantastic job of doing it. He does a fantastic yeah. job with the COVID quiz. If you haven't taken that, you should go take the COVID quiz. And what it demonstrates is, is you look at all these, you look at all this data from all these different places that had so many different levels of mask mandate, of lockdown, or versus places that didn't have mask or lockdowns at all, versus different places that had different percentage of compliances of those mandates and lockdowns, and you can't tell them apart. Mm -hmm. It does not matter. I think sometimes I worry that that they people see that and 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 it gives them pause but they don't they don't quite absorb what that means mm-hmm. when they see all those charts and they see that it really that they basically all have the same spikes at roughly the same time and the cases decline at roughly the same time the point that that makes is is that i don't i don't have to sit here and debate with you what type of masks do and don't work and how they should be worn and how well they do or don't work 
I don't have to go into the materials used in the cloth or how it's affixed to your face. You can look at the data. Mm -hmm. Numbers don't lie. And it's certainly, and, and again, as, as I know our friend Woods would say, you would think that even, even, if, even if things like mandates and lockdowns were only slightly effective, then you would see slightly better numbers in those areas. Correct. Isn't it so funny that so many of those areas end, actually end up with worse numbers? Right. Yeah. It almost, far be it for me, I'm not a doctor, but it, it would almost make you think that for all the cases of places that had severe lockdowns and mandates that actually wound up with slightly worse numbers than places that don't, kind of throws a little bit of cold water on people like the CDC saying things are safe and effective. Because right. not only do they don't work, but people in places where the compliance is higher, they're worse off. Right. Maybe not so yeah. safe and effective. So I kind of want to end that point by saying compliance isn't going to stop it. We, we had a funny little dust up here on the show a few weeks ago when we were, we were showing those comments from that beta from Reason Magazine right. who, who was saying that, you know, I don't think vax mandates are good, comma, but I right. would rather have to do that than wear a mask all the time. See, he, he felt like he, what's the, the, the guy from Princess Fry, you fell for the classic blunder. Right. He fell for the classic <laughs> blunder of the carrot on the stick, right? You're the horse, the state's holding the carrot on the stick, and you thought, well, I'll just, I'll just comply this far, and then they'll let me have my freedoms back. Right. When has that ever worked? <laughs> when has that ever worked? This is not the first time this has happened. Yeah. Compliance won't work. Right. But I do want to go a little bit farther than that. And I'm not and I'm not taking a dump on Tom. I love Tom Woods. I'm going to be down in his 2000 show in October. And I love the work that he does, and I think it's important. But I feel like it's really only interesting to people like us. Right. It's not really interesting to the public at large because all the charts and graphs in the world, those won't stop it either. Right. Yeah. Because if they, if they did, we'd be moving in the right direction by now. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like we have the data and yet the powers that be are still curtailing your liberties. Yeah. It's almost as if they have an agenda that to them supersedes whatever silly arguments about mandates and lockdowns or liberty or authoritarianism. They don't give a shit about any of right. that. Leviath Leviathan is not interested in your arguments about personal liberty. Correct. Yeah. It won't stop until people resist. Mm-hmm. Yep. So while I understand that a lot of people are in tough positions where they feel like they sort of have to kind of go along to get along, I still challenge everybody at home by asking them, what are you doing to resist? Mm -hmm. Actually, I, I, I won't say their name, but uh, I was talking to a friend of mine earlier today and they were saying that they are really concerned that their workplace, they haven't mandated anything yet. They're concerned they're getting ready to, right. but they're also concerned that if, if they, if, if they go out and say, I'm not going to do it, they're just going to be, not only are they going to be martyred, but it's, it's going to be a fruitless endeavor because he, because this person thinks, you know, I, I bet it'll only be one out of a thousand people that'll be willing to stand up and say no. The mm -hmm. overwhelming majority of their coworkers are going to go along with it. And so that leaves them feeling kind of lost and hopeless of, well, I don't want to do this, but I don't feel like I have a choice because I got to right. I got to work. I got to make money and I feel like no one's going to have my back. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, I know, that's tough. And all you can hope is that in some other company, in some other industry, it's high, a lot higher than one out of a thousand that say no. But it's not going to stop until people resist. We got to lead the way. This is how we win. Yeah. This is, <laughs> this yeah. is, how, this mm-hmm. is how we win. Um, I haven't worn a mask this whole time. And I'm not going to. And I'm not going to get the jab. Yeah. So every now and then people will write on, on online or in our in our private group, you know, this is something I'm having to deal with. What do you think? And I tell them, well, it's easy for me to say don't do it. Right. But don't do it. Right. Yeah. Because if you, you do it, it. <laughs> because in the same for the same message that we had for our friends over at Reason. Okay. You bend over and take it up the ass on this jab thing. Mm-hmm. Wonder what it'll be tomorrow. We're going to be back to share some more sort of an Afghanistan redux from last week in the next segment, right after this break. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Mosley. that better <laughs> i'm gonna this is what i'm gonna do i'm gonna get like a little timer thing in the corner and it's gonna like it's gonna track how long from the time the segment starts to <laughs> the when the hook timer. starts yeah so i wanted to sort of wrap up uh this evening by sharing a few more thoughts kind of left over from our talk last week about the the withdrawal and the end of the war in afghanistan um I've really been, well, you know what, let me start off by saying, well, why are we revisiting the topic? I've really been disappointed with a lot of what I've been seeing. Yeah. And when I say that, it's, it's, it's simple enough for us to see the neocons up in arms because my precious war is coming to an end. Right. I expect that from these people. Mm-hmm. I expect it from the corporate press. A lot of people are saying, ooh. Look, look at, look at whatever left-wing outlet. They're, they're really holding Biden's feet to the fire on this one. Right. Guys, so first of all, I thought we were smart enough to not fall for that political theater. I really thought we were, but apparently I was wrong. But if you can find a topic that people like the New York Times or Washington Post or Politico or whoever or CNN, if you can find a topic that they're willing to really go after a a Democrat president over, it may very well be foreign policy if they're not hawkish enough. (sighs) That should really be a big wake-up call to you. Yes. (laughs) The corporate press loves war. Mm -hmm. That's that's who's paying their paychecks, guys. Yeah. They they cover what they cover, and, and they get their marching orders from the state. In the in the state, what 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 is the famous line from our friend Rothbard? War is the health of the state. Yes. So that should not come as a surprise. You might remember it. This just made me re- remember. You might remember from early on in Trump's presidency, when, of course, he's getting raked through the coals by all the corporate press twenty four seven because that's what they do. Because orange man bad. Mm-hmm. Do you remember one of the few times they ever gave a pat on the back and a that a boy to Donald Trump? It was when he was dropping the Moab in Afghanistan. Remember that? 
Yeah. So again, only only when only when they're providing more funds to the military industrial complex yeah. are they getting a pat on the back from the corporate press. It's, it's like the if it bleeds, it leads hyper. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and so we we should know this. We should know this. I, I remember we very briefly mentioned as well, we talked a little bit about the Afghanistan papers. And I had said mm -hmm. Uh, and I saw some other people saying this as well, that, you know, there's a lot of people in our community that talk a good game, but, but when issues like this arise, they really, they really seem to, to miss the point. They really strike out on it. And it really makes yeah. me think, you know what, all these people sharing and liking and retweeting everything someone like Scott Horton says really makes me think they don't actually read or watch a goddamn thing he puts out. Right. It's so easy, isn't it? It's so easy to say, oh, people like Scott Horton, retweet. That was easy enough to do. Did you actually read it? Mm -hmm. Did you listen to what the man said? Right. Did you go back to the, the Afghanistan papers came out in 2019. Of course, that wasn't something that Scott Horton did specifically, but that came out in 2019. We, we knew of all the grift and the corruption going on in Afghanistan. We knew of the, the faux nation building, which was really just an excuse for money changing hands. We knew of all the people in the military, in the diplomatic corps, who were lying to sitting presidents, who were running everything through a filter, who were saying that, that, uh, building the Afghanistan government, uh, helping the, the security forces here take care of their own country and fight their mm -hmm. own wars. We knew that that was bullshit. Right. And yet, come 2021, somehow people are going to Hillary. What? Right. They're, they're blown away by this. Yeah. But even that's not the worst part. I'm, I'm not going to say who it is because it's somebody that I do respect. And, yes. and maybe they'll come on the show sometime in the future. But um, there was a little there was a little spat on Twitter uh, just a couple of nights ago uh, between Scott Horton and this one other gentleman, and I'm not going to say who it is. It wouldn't be hard for you to find. Um, and this person is a well-known person in He's our brilliant. community. It's brilliant. Yeah. Yes, yeah. and right on so many things. Very intelligent, very articulate, very well-read, uh, mm -hmm. uh, 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 very much an academic voice in our community on so many topics. Yes. But this person, they're, they're, they're every point that they had to make about the withdrawal in Afghanistan could have been taken straight from the news desk from Fox. Mm -hmm. it, it could have come right out of the CIA's office. Right. It really could have. So the, the, basically the gist of what this person's position was, and we talked about it this last week was, well, I'm for, ending the war in Afghanistan. Of course, of course we're anti-war. Right. That's what, this is what libertarians are supposed to be best on. We're anti-war. So of course I'm for ending the war in Afghanistan. Comma, but, <laughs> but the big, but, but this withdrawal is a disaster and Biden is a hashtag. Biden is a disgrace. Hashtag impeach Biden. Now, this is all, they, they, they did it so terribly. Everyone should have been evacuated weeks or months before the military should have been the last out. All these shoulda, woulda, couldas. Right. And Scott Horton replied back in, in very much. In, and by the way, Scott's great. And he's been great on this. No surprise. Of course. I thought he was quite gracious. Honestly. Yes. With yes. <laughs> <this person. clears throat> and, and he's been great on this. 
But he's he's made it very clear to people the same way that we did just last week that you know I'm I'm not going to drag I'm not going to drag Biden on this. We 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 were right. making fun of Biden just in the last segment for wanting to be a fascist dictator. That's a good reason to want to impeach Biden right there. Right. This isn't a good reason because I I want to take the W here and say that the war is coming to an end. But for a lot of people that wasn't good enough. Right. And so that's basically been Scott's position on this. And and this person who got into this uh, sort of impromptu debate with him, which by the way, just as a quick aside, if you're gonna pick a fight with somebody on Twitter, <laughs> and it's and it's and it's gonna about be foreign about policy. foreign policy, <laughs> yeah, maybe not Scott Horton, right? Maybe not. Go for a little lower lower hanging fruit there. <laughs> and so and so this person said, well, or actually take that back. So Scott say Scott said to him, well, what's your solution? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you have the floor here. What's your solution? And his solution was pretty, pretty predictable. Mm-hmm. It, it was, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. Right. We talked about this last week. It, well, shoulda, woulda, coulda. We should have done this. We should, we should have gotten all the innocent. We should have gotten all the Americans out. Then we should have coordinated getting out any Afghanis who were collaborated with the American regime. Right. Then we then we should have emptied the embassy. Then we should have, and then we should have ab- piled up all of the arms and, and munitions and, and equipment in the bases. And then we should have drone striked all the bases so we destroyed all the equipment. And then the army could be the last people out. That's what we should have done. Right. And as the point that I made just this last week, that's not a solution though. What right. Scott asked for was a solution, and your solution today requires a time machine. Right. <laughs> we don't have a time machine. Yeah. So I'm not asking for you what you shoulda, woulda, coulda done six months ago. I'm asking for you, what would you do right now? What would you do today better? Right. I'm not sure you have an answer that's better. Mm-hmm. But beyond that, it's bad enough that you don't really have an answer that doesn't involve Avengers Endgame and the Infinity Stones. Right. You, you're also, your answer also seems to imply that you're in charge. Right. But you're not in charge. And there's no scenario in which you or I or any of us would have ever been in charge of this mm-hmm. withdrawal. Leviathan is in charge. Right. Leviathan is the one who has his tentacles in the Middle East. Leviathan runs the foreign policy of the American empire. Yeah. And Leviathan's not interested in the humanity of the situation. They do not care. Do they not let care. it go for 20 years with people dying there. Yes, exactly so. <laughs> so they and, don't care. Now they care all of a sudden. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and furthermore, to add on to that point, uh, I know that people are upset and I know that there's a lot of veterans. I know that there's a lot of veterans in our community mm-hmm. who are they're They're seeing this. They're seeing what's happening on TV and they're, and they're worried. Well, now a bunch of people are going to die. This gentleman debating with Scott said, well, now all these people are going to die. And Scott said, yeah, but they're not right now. Right. They're not right now. Have there been reports of a beating here or there? Some rogue elements not following orders from their Taliban superiors? Of course there has been. Right. But by and large, the, the type of slaughter and blood fest, and it may eventually come to that. Mm-hmm. It hasn't happened yet. And by and large, Americans, while the withdrawal has not been handled great, by and large, they are managing to get out safely thus far. The point being is, is, 
the, the same government who is doing this withdrawal, the same government that wants to mandate things, the, 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 the same government who we all pay taxes for more roads and they're full of potholes. The, the same government that took over education and then America drops from like second to 50th in all mm-hmm. metrics. The same government that takes over healthcare and costs skyrocket and you can't afford anything without insurance. Mm-hmm. Why do you think those people would do a better job? Right. What I'm so afraid is going to happen, you guys, is that if you people keep repeating CIA narratives and bitching and moaning about how things ought to be better, Leviathan is only going to translate all of your cries one way. And that is, I hear what you're saying and I'll go back in and try again. Right. Is that what you want? Do you think, um, like one of the things I, I, this question for you is that, do you think that this is partly like libertarians speaking in this way is partly the Democrat bad you know, that they still haven't given that up? Or is it even deeper than that? And it's that the U.S. is always the good guy narrative that they just mm-hmm. haven't been able to shake yet. Do you think that plays into it? There, like, you know, like, like we, we talked about this before, that, that, that sort of mass psychosis thing of how do we get here? How, like this gentleman that I'm talking about debating with Scott, this is a guy right. that we think is really smart yeah. and really good on a lot of things. How is he so misinformed on this topic? How does he have so many ice cold takes? And, and, and to be fair to him, at least in the end, I feel like for the most part, he sort of deferred to, well, maybe Scott's right. Right. Maybe, maybe, maybe the foreign policy expert in our community is right about foreign right. policy. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like a, there's this phenomenon of people have defenses built up against the state, against corporate press. We know these people are liars. We, we know they are. And yet, though, it's like there's a critical mass of when so many people are parroting the same line, their defenses break down. Mm-hmm. It's like, I feel like there's people out there that kind of have this attitude of, well, CNN is bad and everything they say is gay. And Fox News is bad and everything they say is gay. But if CNN and Fox News are both saying the same thing, well, maybe I better give it a second thought. (laughs) No! God damn it! I think they're different sources. Yeah. It just, it goes to show something we talk about on the show all the time is that having principles ain't easy. Right. It's, It's the right thing to do, but I'm not saying it's easy. Mm-hmm. But it's so important to have principles because not having principles can mean that CNN says Orange Man is bad and he is bad. And you say, you know what? They're right. He's bad. Or, or Fox News says Democrat ban bad. And you say, well, I don't, I don't, may, I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're not. Maybe, I, maybe I should think for myself. Mm-hmm. But having principles means that you apply consistently to every situation, no matter who's president, no matter what party they're a part of no matter what the situation is. And we talked about this last week as well. Okay. You get your wish and Biden, Biden goes off to the, to the great dementia home in the sky. (laughs) You're just going to get Kamala. Which, oh yeah. Worse. Yeah. You're just going to get Kamala. I'll tell you this too. 
because in, in, and I know you just touched on this, there's a lot of people in our community. We, we made fun of the left libertarians earlier in the show, earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. Let's make fun of the right libertarians for a second. Absolutely. A lot of these, a lot of these astro cucks like Tho Bishop, they all want to go suck Ron DeSantis's dick. Let me tell you mm-hmm. something about Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is, is, is a Zionist shill. We talked yep. about this on this very program. He wants, he wants to go attack Ben and Jerry's because they won't sell ice cream. Right. Jesus Christ. Like that, first of all, like that matters to the governor of Florida in the right. United States. Like that matters. Like so, it should. Right. Yeah. Guys, let me tell you something. The writing is on the wall. What kind of man that person would be. And you think of, you even, you even compare him to someone like a Trump. A lot of people had high hopes that someone like a Trump would get in office and mm-hmm. we would end these wars. You remember all those tweets from Donald Trump years before his political career saying, Ron Paul was right. We're wasting money, blah, 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 blah. And he yeah. was right. But it, when he got into office and you get all those generals and all, and, and that cabinet, all of those defense contractors, all those, the, the, the John Bolton's. You get all those people whispering in your ear mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it's, well, maybe we need to drop a Moab. Right. We, we, we got to look tough. Mm-hmm. We got to show them who we're playing hardball. We, and you know, we, we gotta, we gotta send in another surge <laughs> that that's for Obama right there. Right. And so wouldn't, wouldn't it just be the thing to happen? And again, it's happened many times before. It wouldn't be surprising. Wouldn't it just be the thing to happen to have someone like a Ron DeSantis get elected to the next president of the United States to roll in on this nationalistic wave of we say no to mandates, lockdowns are over, throw your masks away. We've elected a president who will defend our liberties. And, mm-hmm. and within his first 60 days, we reinvade Afghanistan. Right. Wouldn't that be how it always is? I visited Afghanistan and all I got was this 20 year quagmire. <laughs> we'll get 20 more years. We in the libertarian community, this is, this is supposed to be our best mm-hmm. being anti-war. It's not, it's not, it's not good enough to just be passively against war. We must be actively anti-war right. <laughs> to be a libertarian. <laughs> And in spouting CIA narratives about how bad the withdrawal is and how many, how many people, how many women are going to be hurt now and how we, we ought to do something. You sound exactly like every establishment kook who wants more war. When you say those things, they are licking their chops saying, oh, well, look, there's the libertarian voter base. They're going to put us over the top this year because they think we ought to do something. Yeah. This is supposed to be our best topic, and I am so disappointed in a lot of people. It, it, I find it amazing, too, like what you were mentioning with the women. If you recall, when, when we or the U.S. initially went in there, one of the reasons that the leftists wanted them to stay was because of women, right? Women's rights and all that. And, and are they better off now, 20 years later? And, and the trillions and trillions of dollars spent and the human cost, no, nothing. And when libertarians somehow defend that or, or criticize the guy coming out, like, is it, is it, has it been handled well? No, but would it ever been handled well by any um, government, no matter who was president? I don't believe so. And uh, they act like it's somehow 
like it, it was it was virtuous or we should we should stay not even recognizing that if if they stayed even a little bit longer that's that's the the CIA operatives and the generals who want to stay in the war machine they're going to be there another 5 10 years with every excuse you give them so i it was totally the right decision it just makes me sad that libertarians like if we can't if they can't see that other libertarians mm. <clears throat> we're just how screwed are we <laughs> It's just really libertarians say if Afghan women can't have an OnlyFans, then we should starve Yemen. <laughs> oh God, exactly. I mean, that's the, that's the that's the depth of the takes. And sometimes I feel like, and maybe you you can add more to this. It's like it's 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 almost like they're addicted to being contrary, right? That that they can't just take the win and say this is a good thing. It's it's not being handled properly, whatever. But it's still the right thing to do, and and I stand behind this because you know Americans have been dying there for twenty years, and right now the Taliban's actually kind of not doing what you guys are are making everybody afraid of. Like look at the situation for what it is. But I feel like so many of them want to be so based, you know, they, they want to have the, the new hot take that gets a, you know, a hundred, 200, a thousand likes. And that's what they're really more concerned about than actually having principled anti-war stances. I've complained before that a lot of those people out there are just shouting empty platitudes and I bet they haven't yeah. actually read or listened to a damn thing. And I'm, I'm proven right every single day. Yeah. Um, we're running out of time, so I'm going to end on this before the last commercial break. Um, this, this is, this is only tangentially related. People who walk around constantly saying everything is based are the cringiest right. motherfuckers I've ever known. <laughs> y'all, y'all need to grow the fuck up. Jesus yeah. Christ. Just, just go vote for Bernie. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Just go be Bernie bros. Yeah. Just be attractive. Don't be unattractive. <laughs> and sure Take off. And take off your clothes. Guys, we're going to be back to wrap up the show right after this break. Tonight's show was sponsored by the Counter Narrative Report. The CNR is all about bringing you a rational look at the supposed official narratives being peddled by big tech and the corporate press. Cut through the propaganda and enjoy a safe haven for the free expression of ideas as well as joining a free interactive online forum by visiting the Counter Narrative Report at www.the-cnr.com. That's www.the-cnr.com. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter, twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Also, don't forget, we're on Odyssey now. If you don't want to support non-free speech platforms like YouTube, you can go support us on Odyssey. It's odyssey.com. Also, find us on TV. And if you're more of a listener than a watcher, and frankly, you just don't get the experience. You just don't. And you don't, and you don't see women's life coaches earlier if, you, if, you, if you're a listener and not a watcher. But you can watch on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, thanks to Anchor FM slash Alan Mosley TV. Uh, Sherry, you have a final thought? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> well, you heard it here first, folks. A woman Sherry, who knows, knows her place. 
Um, you would do well in Afghanistan, I think. Yeah, I think so. What happened to the show? I, I don't know. I, it's rough night, Alan. Rough night. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much, and we will see you next week. <laughs>